1: you're listening to The Confidence Show, a podcast for the big dreamers who want to create more confidence so they can live their lives on their own terms. Hosted by confidence and life coach Rebecca Hawks, that's me by the way, The Confidence Show was created to inspire you to say yes to the things that scare you, to help you feel less alone when you're struggling with your mindset and to show you that you truly can design a life you love. With a new episode landing in your feed every Monday and Thursday, be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss out. Hello and welcome back to The Confidence Show. I am delighted to introduce you to today's guest, Amandine Ayala. Amandine is a crazy cat lady, tea alchemist, hemp and cannabis consultant, self-care advocate, animal lover, and the founder and CEO of Blue Memoir. She creates bespoke signature tea blends for business owners who lead with their whole hearts and who are ready to elevate their clients' experience with unique, personalised, luxurious gifts. A range of luxury hemp tea blends was created to help busy, passionate professionals and entrepreneurs to elevate their self care daily with an infusion of luxury. Amandine is currently preparing to move to Spain, which will be the fourth European country she's settled in with her kitty. Hello, Amandine. Welcome. Hi. Thank you for having me, Rebecca. Oh, it's so lovely to have you. I've been so looking forward to this conversation because we have obviously spoken a lot privately before, and I just feel like so much that to to talk about them is actually going to be really beneficial to our listeners. So let's start at the very beginning. When did you launch Blue Memoir and why? Why? Okay, so we launched in October 2019. So we just
2: celebrated a three-year anniversary. I had, I'll never forget that day, a little pop-up in Amsterdam in one of the coffee shop, an organic coffee shop by the canal. It was beautiful, although it was raining, but um, we did it. And why I need to jump back in time a little bit to when I quit my corporate job um, after being definitely what you'd call a workaholic for years and years. And when I felt my third burnout coming on, I decided this isn't the way I want to live my life. Um, I need more meaning and I need to look after myself and I'd like to work for someone who's not an arsehole and let that be me. So I quit my job a bit on a whim. Well, on a whim of many years coming, right? But it's not like I had a bunch of savings or I had planned it. I just did it. Um, otherwise I knew there would be something else. The next commission check would come in and I'd be like, actually I'll just stay here for a little bit longer. Um, but when I quit my job, I just found myself super lost. Um, after working so hard for years to get external recognition, whether it was in the form of, you know, pat on the back or like I said, I worked in sales. So a big check at the end of the quarter, Um, I always had something to get to and I always had people watching me because it was important. And then I find myself at home on my own, supposed to start a business um, while nobody cares if I get out of bed in the morning, you know, Um, nobody's there to be like, yeah, you can do this. And it's just me and my cat. (laughs) So that was really hard for me. I fell into quite deep depression. I just couldn't find any meaning I just had never been in that situation you know even at school you get a a grade you there's always something to aspire to and I realized my worth was very much attached to my achievements work achievements and to how much money I made and I wasn't really achieving anything because I was very paralyzed and I wasn't making any money so that was um That was a hard hit, let's say. After months of exploring that, getting a part-time job to pay the bills and the mortgage and getting some help with therapy, with coaching, I remember going into coaching thinking I needed a business coach and I realizing I really needed a life coach because my mindset was just trash. And I had never really looked at that in corporate. Um, And that's when I decided I wanted to blend teas. Now, I'd always been drinking herbal teas my whole life, loved them, um, had the chance to grow up in the South of France with a big garden. My mom would just pick up some herbs like lemon verbenas, our favorite, um, brew it into a nice herbal tea at night, and we would just drink it. I loved it because it tasted good. It made me feel warm, but I never thought about the intention behind it. And for the first time, I started blending teas and drinking it for healing right it was very clear intention I wanted to improve my mental health my physical health too and help my anxiety to wear off help with my depression and I quickly realized that not only was an amazing creative activity for me the pairing of the benefits of the herbs together with an intention and that intention is ultimately to put yourself first right for an amount of time let's say 20 minutes for your cup of tea right you decide this is about me I'm going to enjoy this because I care about my healing etc my mental health and pairing those two turned out to be so powerful that was like a revelation for me so I started talking to my friends my family about it And I quickly realized everyone had a problem, quote unquote, a problem, you know, so an astonishing number of people can't sleep well, don't sleep well. I've always been a good sleeper. So well until recently, but at that time I was like, oh, really, you can't sleep. So my second blend was my sleepy blend, got everyone to try it and they just loved it. They just loved it. And that's how I got going. And I was like, this needs to be out there and there's i guess one other element that's important to me is very quickly i i um, integrated hemp into my blends and i've been a cannabis lover and advocate and consumer myself for years and having it in form of tea which i hadn't before was a great reminder of this is a plant, just like all the other plants that has great benefits. Um, hemp is the version of cannabis that doesn't get you high. So, you know, it doesn't have to get you high. It still has amazing benefits. And I love that it was a way to introduce it to people as something that they already knew because, you know, a lot of people love tea, a lot of people love herbal tea. And to include hemp in it was a way for me to remind or let everyone know that hey it's just an amazing plant and there's nothing to be scared about so I believe that I'm also contributing to slowly changing mentalities about
1: cannabis and that's how it started that's amazing. I love hearing your story because we've, we've, I think we met in 2019 when we were in the mastermind together. And I just assumed that you'd had your business for years and years. <laughs> it was only, I think when we, we met him, um, like we met in person in Nice at the start of the year, I think it was only then that I discovered that actually you'd only launched your business during that mastermind or you'd come into the mastermind having only recently launched it. So it's nice to hear like the, full journey of what kind of led you there and in terms of you changing the mentality of what people think cannabis is you're definitely doing that because you've done it for me for a start like you've made me more open-minded because I was um very much brought up with the idea that drugs are bad people that do drugs are bad cannabis is a drug it's weed like it's bad um, and that if you take it, you're definitely going to die. Like all the the typical um, the, the the typical narrative that we get taught as kids about drugs being wrong, and it's not really been until I've kind of I remember listening to your podcast. The is it the Conscious Cannabis Podcast? The Conscious Cannabis Club. Yes. Yes, I remember listening to your podcast and hearing that um, ages ago, and it opened my mind up to the plant being used in a different way and it being used to kind of connect with yourself more to help you relax to kind of reduce those feelings of anxiety and used in a in a way more I suppose more of a spiritual way so we're going to talk about um, we'll talk about that a little more as we move through our conversation but can you start by telling us what the kind of difference is between um, hemp and cannabis and what the kind of benefits are to it yes um but first I love that you
2: changed your mind about it like and that I helped like thank you for sharing that because that's exactly one part of why I'm doing it so I love that um okay so during this episode I'm gonna refer to cannabis as I'm gonna use the word cannabis that's purposeful and so i'm gonna give a bit of a definition mm-hmm. cannabis is actually a massive family of plants right and it's the i guess the actual name of it there's like you said you can find weed there's lots of ways to call it but the different words that we use usually refer to different types of cannabis so i'm gonna to attempt to clarify that mm-hmm. but really cannabis is the whole family and hemp is part of that family. So hemp is cannabis. I try to remind people of that. Hemp is that version of cannabis that doesn't get you high, that has a very low to zero amount of THC. THC is one of the components of cannabis. Um, one of the many components of cannabis is called a cannabinoid. CBD is a cannabinoid as well, that you may have heard of. There's a lot of talk about it. And THC is that element that makes you high. Now, it also has wonderful benefits for many different things. But it also does that psychoactive um, thing of getting you high. So hemp doesn't get you high at all because to be legal and to be called hemp, it needs to have that THC content below a certain level. In most European countries, that level is 0.2%. In the US, it's 0.3%. In Switzerland, it's 1%. So to give you an idea. And even at 1%, that doesn't get you high. So just want to clarify that. And hemp is legal in a lot of countries, including in the US on a federal level, which is quite new. Um, Therefore, my teas are completely legal. And it's just hemp. So, well, just hemp, but <laughs> it won't get you high. And I think that's... A good reminder because people think cannabis and because I use the word cannabis purposely because I don't want to reduce it to one thing, but people might think, oh no, I'm going to get high. Oh no, what is it? It's a funny thing and stuff. And no, it's hemp. Now hemp has lots of benefits. Um, A good reminder is that everything is different for different people. Right. So keep that in mind. But hemp is known for helping with anxiety, digestions, um, sleep, women's health, which I'll go into a bit more details after that if you'd like. Um, but there's a wide range of benefits. And one of the reasons for that is that hemp contains CBD, that other cannabinoid that I mentioned. Um, so CBD is also legal in most countries if the THC content is below that limit that I mentioned. and CBD is part of hemp. So when you see a CBD oil for example, it's the CBD has been extracted from the plant oh. right Technically, the CBD could also be extracted from a plant that has THC in it. It doesn't matter, but usually they'll use a high CBD plant usually that's hemp. You extract that CBD, you'll put it in an oil or in a cosmetic or whatever. In my teas, I use hemp as the whole plant. So it contains CBD, but also other cannabinoids and other uh, terpenes, like other aspects of the plants, which can be really beneficial. So cannabis, like you mentioned it, weed some people refer to it as marijuana i purposely you don't use that term because it's rooted in racism um was really born during the war of drugs in the u.s and they purposely use marijuana to um, give it that mexican connotation so that people would think instead of thinking cannabis regular word they think in marijuana and boom they're automatically um, attaching it to brown or black communities so i really don't like using that word and i'm very surprised that it's still widely used a lot of people even in the industry in fact because I understand that you wouldn't know that necessarily but in the industry um, it's still quite used and people will use that term marijuana like weed referring to the cannabis that makes you high that has a THC content um, and THC by the way also has wonderful benefits for different things it helps people sleep with pain relief Um, cancer patients it really helps with side effects right nausea uh, pain it's got its whole range of benefits so yes it does get you high but I would say to people don't write it off and I know it's it's complicated the legislation in lots of European countries but It's not THC bad and recreational and CBD good and therapeutic. It's a lot more complicated than that. Both have wonderful benefits. Um, And I've recently read a study that shows that 80% of people who consume cannabis recreationally actually do it for a very medical reason. But of course it's considered recreational when you're in a country where it's illegal because you can't have a prescription or actually in countries like in the UK where medical cannabis has been legal for four years now, very few people can get a prescription. Why? Because doctors are not trained. Insurance doesn't cover it. Mm -hmm. Um, All these reasons. So cannabis is actually a plant that helps people and that's why they, turn to it and it is a plant and it has a lot often again depending on people everyone's different I'm not saying it works for everyone but it often has a lot less side effects than strong pharmaceutical drugs and another interesting fact I was diagnosed with ADHD officially a month ago Mm -hmm. so I've been doing a lot of research about it and I found out that In a study that was conducted in the US, they found that over 50% of people who consume cannabis daily have ADHD. And so I was mind blown, but at the same time, not surprised at all, because that's one of the reasons I have been consuming cannabis for so long, because it really helped me ground myself. It helped me center. It helped calm my thoughts. And through my 20s, it helped me with my social anxiety. It helped me get to know myself and accept myself. So in a world where, you know, neurotypical is celebrated, I understand that, you know, ADHD people, especially not diagnosed, might turn to cannabis because it helps.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's that kind of relief of like when your mind is just racing all the time, and then you're able to to use something that can still your mind or that can make you feel calm and as you say make you feel quite grounded and yes. it's sort of like it just slows your whole body down and, yes. in, and so it slows your mind down so that's that relief from the constant racing thoughts of the ADHD that we have. Um, and I'm glad that you kind of brought that up because that's something that I also wanted to speak with you about because we spoke privately about you recently getting diagnosed. It's something that I am looking to get diagnosed for as well because I believe it's something that I have. Um, what kind of made you seek that diagnosis? What were the kind of like symptoms that you recognised in yourself when you thought, oh, maybe this isn't typical? So firstly,
2: this whole ADHD thing was brought to me since starting a business I think it's the case of a lot of people I mean if you're in business you're listening to this you're in business you know that business will bring immense personal growth whether you like it or not if you're not prepared to do that in a work I don't think you can go very far in business to be honest or at a certain cost on your on your health and being part of amazing networks including that mastermind that we were in and talking to other female entrepreneurs um I realized and some of them had been diagnosed I realized oh well I am just like them and maybe that's something to it and then I started looking into it and realizing that there were a lot of things that came really hard to me throughout my life but I just thought something was wrong with me I was lazy I didn't have enough self-discipline you know it was I was the problem for sure in my mind and you know everybody else is doing it just fine so I don't know things kind of starting to click and I mentioned earlier my like depressive episode after I quit my job but it's been something very recurrent in my life really ups and downs and really very low points of depression and this summer I had a bit of um I don't really know how to explain it probably a burnout I've been really trying to understand it where I wasn't excited about anything anymore, even things that I knew I loved, right? It was just like, blah. It wasn't that I was super depressed, but I wasn't happy. I was just surviving like a shell of myself. Um, And the tools that I had and that I had used for years and that got me through lots of lows because we all have ups and downs, right? But they weren't working. And that's when I was like, okay, this has been coming up for me a lot in the past few years. And I didn't think a diagnosis would change anything. But I just felt like, okay, I need help. So let me seek that help um, and and see. And I had tried in the past because I was seeing a psychiatrist not that long ago for that depression and I told him I was like it's really hard for me to get things done in the business it's really hard for me when I don't have a structure and when I do that myself it doesn't seem to work like it did when I was in school or in a job and he told me he was a more old-school psychiatrist and he was like yeah we don't really consider it to be ADHD unless you can't live an adult life like you can't get by and I was like okay and this new psychiatrist that I saw told me that this is actually the case of a lot of people in the medical field that think that way there's a lot of um, preconceived ideas that ADHD is just a crazy kid running around and it's very misdiagnosed in girls because we show it very differently well it turns out I had it as a kid but because I was so good in school and I just flew through my academic years when I had structure while it got harder as I got older because then you get less hand-holding but I never did my homework for example I just had an incredible memory all these things that would have been caught if, let's say, I had poorer marks, didn't. And then I got to university and I completely lost touch with reality. I never went to class, ever, because nobody cared, right? I failed all of my modules in my first year. And that was in the UK. And I thought it worked like in France that I could just repeat the first year like a limited number of time. And at my business school, they were like, no, that's not how it works. We're already full for next year. So if you fail, you have to leave. And I was like, oh my God. So I had to reset 12 modules in August. Flew back to Birmingham two weeks early for two weeks. This is like so typical ADHD for two weeks, I just crammed, I learned everything, I passed everything but accounting, but I felt that the year after, I passed everything, and I could go through, and it's just that whole year of completely letting go of everything, um, not being able to go to class, to study, to do anything, and it wasn't because I was incapable, because in two weeks, I did the work of you know, one year, don't get me wrong. I didn't get like A's or anything, but I passed. And that diagnosis helped me to really understand many different points in my life. And while I got really mixed feelings, when I first got it, it was like, oh, my brain does work differently. Like in your face, everyone who hasn't been believing me, it was also like, oh, look, that's another thing that's wrong with you. And then looking around me and seeing amazing women in business that have ADHD, who are millionaires and being like, well, that can't be your excuse because look at them, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's been a month now that I got this diagnosis. And to be honest, I think that it has liberated me in a way because now things pop up and I'm like oh look at that and ADHD often goes hand in hand with other you know mental conditions so and a lot of things overlap and stuff so it's not as simple as to say oh yeah that's my although I'm doing that a little bit but (laughs) but it's interesting to know that it's due to that and while the world is very neurotypical and that's how we see normal as um as an entrepreneur i think 40 percent of entrepreneurs are uh, neurodivergent whether it's adhd or something else and i'm not surprised at all because as you probably know it's hard for us to work under someone right authorities have always been a thing for me my whole life um so it's not unusual for us to go and start our own businesses but then that's when it gets tough because we don't have that structure we don't have that carrot and that stick to keep us going um, and we need to find ways to make that work for
1: ourselves yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely and I like I hate structure like I hate structure so much yeah I know how much I benefit from it if I can stick to it. But I relate to what you're saying, like it's hard when you've got to motivate yourself I and mean, when no one cares, like if you, if I don't show up to work in my business, nobody cares because there's no one there being like, oh, well, you were late this morning or you haven't got this done yet. I'm just like, well, I didn't, I just couldn't do it today. And it was so funny. I was so, so close to messaging you this morning and saying, I can't do this interview today because I felt so overwhelmed when I got up this morning like everything was such a struggle and I was like oh it would be so easy for me to just say let's rearrange to next week and I had to be so disciplined with myself and say no because then what happens next week when you're struggling again it's going to be the same thing again and again so you have to find it in you and then I was like I had to challenge myself to get ready in 10 minutes because I was I couldn't my brain wouldn't function to write the questions (laughs) that I wanted to ask you and then I was like oh my god like I need to get on the call now so I put on a song and this is what I kind of do now like I'll put on a song or I'll put on a YouTube video or I'll put on something and I'll be like right by the time this song finishes I've got to be ready or by the time this YouTube video finishes I've got to have emptied the dishwasher or something like that and I love that yeah it's something I kind of subconsciously been doing over the last few months and then when I spoke to Emma in an interview we did a couple of weeks ago the confidence to run a successful business with ADHD she suggested a few different ways to motivate yourself and one of them was this idea of like getting something done really quickly or like challenging yourself to be like see how much you can tidy in half an hour or that that kind of thing to kind of um make things exciting for you and that has helped yes um since you have been diagnosed what kind of if any changes have you made to the way that you are running your business so
2: so I've been trying out some medication first of all and seeing how it goes um it has helped Mm -hmm. I'm still exploring it but it's definitely helped because I don't know about you but I feel like a lot of my procrastination or even paralysis was due to mindset and you know trash talk or this perfectionism, this race to perfectionism that's obviously unattainable. So, concrete example would be, oh, I have to do this, um, and then I'm thinking, I don't know if you have that actually. I have. I feel like sometimes. Not sometimes all the time my brain needs things to be in a specific order and a lot of the time it really doesn't matter but I'll stop myself so I'll be like oh I need to do this and it's like oh no because you need to do this and this and this and this first in order for that to be perfect um and then I get into trouble with myself because I haven't done it. And it's like, done is better than perfect. I know that, but it's hard. And what the medication has helped me with, and I think that's why it's, you know, with the depression, it's a lot of things kind of rolled up into one, but it's really helped me to just think less. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's terrible, but kind of what cannabis helps me with too. It's like, just do this and just do it and that's it No thinking about it no whatever and I've really seen a detachment from things recently which is amazing it sounds bad but actually it's amazing so you post something on socials for example and you know how you can get really anxious about it and you know waiting and you've put everything into that post and And then nothing happens. Um, Yesterday, I put put myself out there and shared my media kit to get more interviews like this because I love it. And I almost forgot about it. This morning, I was like, oh, let me go check this thing out, you know? So I've been more into action and less into analyzing every piece of supposed information because often it's not facts right it's just assumptions and stories you're telling yourself so that's that's really helped me also because the medication is not a daily thing I'm still navigating it and I'm trying it so um, it's been helpful for me to get to work right away in the morning which I didn't do before because now I'm like okay you know you have this limited attention span you know that you just need to get on it and uh, self-care will be later and that's just works for me while I've been always doing my self-care first and I mean I still have some self-care like cuddling the cats that's a non-negotiable you know and um having a breather sometimes I meditate before I get up but then I get to my desk and I'm not fucking around for hours uh because sometimes I would be so paralyzed that I wouldn't even do my self-care I would be like oh yeah but self-care first oh yeah but no but you have all these things to do and then you're like end up doing nothing and it's very stressful so that's yeah that has evolved and I've I've been um, working part-time at a vegan gluten-free patisserie in Nice recently it's a very small part-time couple hours a day but that means that in the afternoon I have to leave and that has actually helped me because that means I need to get stuff done beforehand. And that's gonna change on the 1st of December when I move to Spain, cause I won't have a part-time job anymore. And I really want to find a way to do that on my own. Like have a limited time, like these challenges that you mentioned, I feel like while I also don't like structure and I need so much space and f- flexibility in my schedule, structure really works for me so having a morning routine having an evening routine like that just works and so having a limit of time um to get things done is perfect and I've done more in the past four weeks than I did probably in the previous six months where I was like navigating this burnout what am I doing
0: yeah
1: all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
0: Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news,
1: To get stuff done really quickly. Like when we're passionate about something and when we're enjoying something, we hyper focus. So we get things done really, really fast. And that's something that I've had to try and navigate because I would do, say, like a month's worth of work in one week. But then I would have three weeks where things kind of felt like a bit more of a struggle and it felt like a lot of effort and I wasn't achieving things. But instead of celebrating the fact that I'd done a month's worth of work in a week, (laughs) I'd beat myself up because the other three weeks I couldn't do, like I couldn't replicate that. And I think that's kind of, we have to learn to not beat ourselves up when the ADHD is kind of impacting us. And I suppose that's where having the diagnosis comes in because there is that moment of like, I really relate to what you were saying earlier where you've got that moment of like, okay, well it, It is my brain. It's something that I have. I have a neurodivergent. I don't know how you explain it, really. I'm not quite sure on the terminology yet, but I'm neurodivergent as opposed to neurotypical. Great. I have a reason for why I can't function in a typical way. But then also that kind of comparing it to the big successful names who are millionaires and who are achieving so much, who also have it. So it's like, how can I yeah, like, how do I get that? How do I feel good about myself and not compare myself to those other people? Yeah. And also be self-disciplined enough to actually take the action, even though it's really hard for us to take the action.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I think that the beauty of being in business is that we can really set up the whole thing to work for us, but that is so much easier said than done. Um, what came up for me when you said you did your whole month of work in one week I mean nothing stops you this is just you know an example but ultimately nothing stops you from working one one week in a month right I was sharing offline just before this call that I've been working with a holistic coach to help with my endometriosis um, and my pain so I've been really looking at my cycle more and there's a time where we have lots of energy there's a time where we're way more um social and we're more outward actually this week that's what that phase is for me she calls it peacemaker it's like you love having conversations and stuff because that's not always the case and then there's a phase where you eat a lot and you can't be bothered to hear what anyone has to say about anything uh that's next for me and then you have that time where you need rest etc and so I think that embracing that cycle um, also has helped with managing these symptoms because it's like, you know, that analogy of the river and like swimming against the current. I feel like if we really embrace those cycles, um, then it's more like flowing with the river. And so because everything that's like brain related, we need enough sleep. We need to feed ourselves the right nutrients like it's a whole thing um so we can set our business up in the way that works for us and I think that is very personal to everyone um and there's different factors and stuff and I don't have the answers yet but I do think that accepting it helps but I know it's really hard. Like, again, these lows in business, sometimes I'm like, what is wrong with me? Why can't I just do what everyone else is doing? But we also need to remember that what we see online is not like the whole truth. Mm-hmm. Um, And I've really stepped away from social media recently, actually, both personally and in business. And that helps because what do we compare to people we see online right and I I don't want that I someone said recently and I can't remember who a great businesswoman she said don't compare your chapter one or your chapter three to someone else's chapter 52 right and these millionaires we're talking about as well who have ADHD yeah this is their chapter 62 they've probably had these exact same conversations we're having right with their business friends um and then found a way to make it work and also built a team that supported that this is key for me this is my next priority because I already knew before the diagnosis I'm not meant to be doing everything I just don't like it I just want to tell people what to do but then I want them to just do it (laughs) so it's a whole thing but um, with the ADHD, I just know I can't be left with all this responsibility. That's just not okay, and that stresses you out. It's this overwhelm that you talked about. And interestingly enough, this morning, I had a feeling that maybe you were going to cancel for some reason, and I kept checking my phone, and oh, nothing's happening, all good. Um, and also because I get that. There's days you just like, I don't wanna do anything, talk to anyone. I don't want to like get off my get out of my pajamas. Yeah. I get it. But this the fact that this interview was scheduled probably helped you to show up, right? Yeah. When it's a thing if you tell yourself, "Oh, today I'm going to do this. I need to update my welcome sequences, right, on my email marketing." I've had this on my to-do list for months. And I'm like, I can put in my calendar, whatever, but I'm not meeting anyone. So I'm not doing it. And so these meetings are great um, because usually you shop, unless, of course, there's something and then that happens to everyone. And that's totally fine. But, you know, these kind of things are like maybe signing up to a co working, or I'm exploring that. When I get to Spain, I will have, I will start with one day co working a week and then see because same if you have to show up somewhere you you do it yeah. normally
1: normally yeah I like that and I co working in something that I've wanted to do for ages as well and I don't know why I haven't like I've just I've just like oh yeah that's something that I really want to do but I think if I had that commitment I would be it would be so much better I mean I'll go and work in like a cafe once a week or a couple of times a week which does help because when I'm there I have to focus on what I'm doing I'm like, okay, I'm here for three hours. That's all I've got in terms of the car park before the car park runs out. Like, I've got three hours. I'm going to sit here and get as much done as I can. And it's so beneficial. So I think definitely doing something like that in Spain would be great. And I think yeah. if you come out to co-working spaces, it's such a great place to meet people as well. Isn't yes, it? that's a big part of it,
2: right? Networking. And that's, I think, for people with ADHD and otherwise as an entrepreneur your support network is so important like honestly yeah I wouldn't still be in business without you know knowing people like you um, other people in business because it's so important to be reminded that we're not alone and we all have this we all have this stuff and again because the percentage of ADHD or neurospicy people in entrepreneurship is so high I feel like all the women around me we're all the same mm-hmm. so I'm like and now it's so funny I was just on a call earlier and she's not officially diagnosed or anything but she was like talking to me and she you know I think th- there's this energy right and I really see myself in her and I was like yeah I think she has ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea right? I'm not a doctor or whatever but now I'm like yeah and I want to get to that point where I'm like, it's my superpower because mm-hmm. we're super creative. Like you said, we can be so efficient, right? And when we're passionate, have you ever like watched a show or something and then you like go into this hole of knowing everything about these people? Like I do that every time. Apparently that's an ADHD thing. I thought I was just passionate. Um, Yeah, and that's a awesome. Thing.
1: I did it with that. Yeah, I watched Stranger Things for the first time in June. I think it was. We did all three series, and then we did it. four when it came out in July. I've watched it. I've watched all four seasons three times since June, and when I first watched it, I had, went on this mad <laughs> obsession. Where I was watching all the YouTube interviews, I was reading all the tweets about it. I just went down this whole rabbit hole, and it was like I was completely, utterly obsessed with it. And that's kind of like disappeared a little bit now. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> it's just <Yeah>. happens. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so. <laughs> You um you've mentioned like briefly already that about being so passionate about self-care and you're a big believer in listening to what your body's trying to tell you, putting yourself first. Why is it so important for business owners and anyone really whether they're neurotypical or neurodiverse? Why is it so pe- so important for people to focus on their self-care and to prioritize it?
2: Love that question. First, I'm just going to do a little definition of self-care. It might sound a bit ranty. (laughs) This has been popping up a lot. So self-care obviously has been a term that's super used lately, right? Self-care, there's everywhere and stuff. And recently, I've seen a lot of self-care is not this. Self-care is not that. Self-care is not bubble bath. Self-care is not mani-pedis. And that's not true. Like self-care to me is listening to what you need, what your body needs, what you, yourself, mentally, spiritually, whatever, what you need deeply, your true needs, and then giving yourself just that. And I mentioned my depression, right? At that time when I quit my job, for me, self-care was literally getting out of bed, showering, feeding myself. Today, that's different because these things, I'm just doing them on automatic because I'm in a better headspace. But um, self-care might look like very different things on very different days. Some days where I'm like out there with people, for example, I just want to get home in silence and sit in the bath. Like imagine your mother... You're constantly giving of yourself and attending to everyone's needs. I mean, of course, a bath of 20 minutes, 30 minutes on your own, just like a cup of tea. I say that all the time, right? Cup of tea, self-care. It's very simple, but anything can be self-care. That's what you need in that moment. And so I really don't like that we're telling people it's not this, it's not that. Yes, self-care can be deeper. It can be saying no, setting a boundary, and holding it right that's definitely self-care speaking up for yourself it's um planning for your financial future the financial future of your family of your kids etc but it's also sitting in the toilet on your own for five minutes and breathing deep right it's also taking a bath if that's what you need it's also having um watching a netflix show right it's depends on what you need and all these things could be also not self-care like binging netflix it could be an escape right but it can also completely be self-care that's what you need if you need to you know disconnect for a bit so i can't tell you what self-care is for you i can give you ideas and that's what i try to do and because a lot of people drink tea i love to use that because that could be any beverage, but tea is the perfect self-care reminder, right? It's your daily thing. And you can equally make a cup of tea, thinking about your to-do list, putting it on your desk and getting into work and just sipping it mindlessly as you can take a step back, close your computer, put your phone away, put the kettle on, pick your herbs listen to what your body needs that day pick your blends make the whole thing a beautiful ritual pour your um your water and then you know hold your cup feel the warm smell in the vapor and then finally you know take that sip and feel nurtured and calm and you know whatever you need that day and so we can go from a really, you know, mindless daily activity we all do. And I still do that, right? It's not, I can't make, well, I could, yes, but I still don't make every cup of tea a beautiful ceremony. But I try to do that at least once a day because, again, it's the perfect reminder of, hey, have you stopped for 20 minutes today? Have you had some me time? Can you put yourself first for just 20, 30 minutes? This is just the perfect reminder um so I love to use that and then for other people it's going to be something else maybe making themselves a lovely juice I just can't tell you what it is but I think tea is the perfect excuse to like create that sacred pocket of time just for you or maybe one day it's like actually enjoying a cup of tea with a friend and you're like making this lovely thing and then sharing that conversation that self-care if that's what you need okay so definition the other way <laughs> why is it so important Um, well, I personally don't think we can run a successful business without self-care and, or even a successful life. Looking back pre-business Amandine in my corporate life, um, I never, ever stopped to ask myself when I needed. I was just on autopilot. I can't even think of one time I was just like. I need something. It was just a holiday. And even then you're kind of like going on holiday, thinking about work. Like I never really thought about what I truly needed. I did things because I thought that's what I needed or what was expected of me at the weekend or whatever. But the whole the key with self-care is the intention, right? Again, anything can be done mindlessly. But if you take two seconds to set that intention that's self-care right and we can't get by in life without attending to our needs it's just not possible and I really believe that self-care so when we attend to one of our needs that's just elevating our self-love right which is so important because That means we're making better decisions in our life, in our business. We're not making decisions based on fear, uh, whether it's fear of being rejected, not like, or lose something we have or whatever. And more self-love in the world and us running our businesses with self-love and making these decisions from a place of love, that's creating a better world, like facts, and that's why self-care is so important, both on a, let's say, global level. And I think we're creating this new world of with the way, like, especially women are doing businesses right now, but more conscious businesses popping up everywhere. But we are also creating a better life for ourselves, right? On a very personal level. Um, I don't think we can go that far ignoring what we need.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And if you want to be more successful, a better partner, mother, friend, make more money, make more of an impact, like it all starts with self-care.
1: Absolutely. I completely agree. I think it is so important. And I love how you said the whole, I mean, it wasn't really a rant, but what you were saying about how people have been saying, oh, this isn't self-care, this isn't self-care, because it absolutely is and i talked about this in a solo episode i did recently where i talked about the like glamorous side of self care so the bubble baths i'd had the yoga the breath work the meditation all the like really um more kind of indulgent self care and then i also talked about things like cleaning the house like booking a doctor's appointment um scheduling some content like for me that is self care because that's what i needed to do in order to care for myself for the week ahead yes get myself up with those things they're not glamorous I but I still put them in that definition of self care cuz it's doing what I need to do for me to take care of myself in the best way possible so I absolutely love that you um that you mentioned that um when it comes to your personal self care what would you say are your kind of three non negotiables ooh great
2: question so My self-care really varies because like I said, it changes, you know, every day I need something different, maybe not every day, but definitely different seasons, seasons of the year, seasons of my cycle, seasons of my life, right? I'll be needing different things, but I would say non-negotiables are cats or animals in general, which might seem like a weird answer, but honestly i guess i could extend that to nature but it's really that contact with animals i'm lucky here where i am in in nice that um there's a big garden and so i'm always kind of in nature and but the animals is just i i don't know it's just a nurturing of the soul that an unnegotiable um cannabis is one of them and herbs more generally Mm -hmm. because I have herbs incorporated into my life like in so many different ways. Um, so the joints I smoke, the CBD oil I take, the herbal teas I drink every day, the way that I add herbs to my food because of different um, benefits or the herbal like cosmetics that I use. Um, yeah, so herbs in general are definitely a non-negotiable. And then, oh, I would say the third one is alone time Mm. alone time and while it's interesting because I'm thinking oh yeah but that's not really your self-care that's just a must but yeah it's a non-negotiable self-care thing because I need I need so much alone time as an introvert I need to recharge and um when I packed my schedule too much and I'm going from thing to thing, it's just too overwhelming. So I really need time alone with my thoughts. And then I use that time alone with a bunch of things, right? Love yoga, meditation, breath well, a lot of things that you mentioned, but I can't do that if I don't have that time alone, right? And that's where I start. So these are my three negotiables.
1: Yeah I love that and going back to your teas that you make where do you want to explain a little bit about the each of your kind of signature blends and if somebody was looking to try one of your teas so that they could have that uh, like have it as a self-care ritual where would be the best place for them to start? Sure so I have four signature blends and one
2: seasonal Mm -hmm. so that will change per season of course again because our bodies need different things uh, in different seasons right so um respire is my first blend that's the one i mentioned i created first for my own mental health it's a calm and relaxation blend then i have Nui, which i also mentioned the sleepy blend the one that helps people sleep i was just um Recording a podcast last week actually, and she had tried Nui. I don't know, friends' place, and she said I was you know stressed out and all sorts, and I had the best night ever. And I was like, yes, you know, it's a great reminder. Um, so Nui is awesome. Fam is my third blend, and it's it's really the women's blend, but not only. It's great for hormonal balance digestion and self-love i call it the self-love blend because the roses are just beautiful so it's great for you know that hormonal things whether it's pms or um perimenopause it's a lovely blend to have at that time but not only because it's also great for digestions and again self-love and the last blend is vif that means sharp in french and that's our focus and um energy blends so it's caffeine free all of them are caffeine free all of them are hemp based and then with three other herbs and ingredients they are all organic and they go further than organic because i work with a traditional herbalist here in the south of france and they actually test all the herbs they get and as an organic product in the eu you can have up to five pesticides uh in your products such- Insane, but that's how it is. Imagine how much you have in the non-organic stuff. And they just they don't care so much about the organic label, but they get their thing tested so that there's zero pesticides. It's like guaranteed pesticide-free. For me, that was really important to you know create something that wasn't putting more crap into our bodies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so everything is handcrafted hand blended. I've created all the recipes always really high quality herbs. Um, Hemp, the hemp comes from organic, small organic producers in Germany. And yeah. And if someone doesn't know which they need the most, head to my website. There's a little banner at the top with a quiz. Take the quiz. It's going to tell you exactly what you need right now. When it comes to self-care, there's lots of self-care tips and then the corresponding blend that you need so that's a great place to start
1: that's amazing and I've had I can't remember which one I've tried I think it might be the vif vif my accent's gonna say it terribly vif (laughs) vif yeah yeah. I think it might be that yeah I think I might have tried that one and you did a signature blend when we had our mastermind day and I've got like a tiny little bit left and I don't want to use the last bit because I don't want it to be over (laughs) but I love like I love as you say like having it as a real ritual like I always save the special blends more for when I'm gonna like sit down I want some peace and quiet um and I just I want to to have it as a moment of self-care rather than I mean I use um like different herbal tea bags anyway but I drink them all the time like when I first wake up I don't necessarily make a ritual out of them but your teas are wonderful for that so thank you so much awesome Yeah, it's been so so lovely to have you here and it's been so lovely to chat to you about so many different things is there anything else you want to say before you go that we haven't talked about
2: well I'd love to just ask a question right to anyone who's listening when you turn off this episode can you take a moment just for you and just sit there take three deep breaths and ask yourself what's the most loving thing I can do for myself today? And then go do that. Ooh. And it might be that, you know, you have a busy schedule or whatever. So if it can't be today, can you put it in your calendar for in the next few days? Mm. And like, it's an unnegotiable, make it an unnegotiable.
1: Yes. I'd love for everyone to do that. Yeah. I love that so much. And really making that commitment to yourself. And I think that's how I kind of started to prioritize my self-care was by putting it in my diary and making though that commitment to myself to be like no this is coming first this is coming first yes like for so long especially when I started my business my business was was first above everything else it was my business then it was like creating content then it was my boyfriend at the time then it was literally everyone else and then I was right at the bottom and it took a long time before I could be like it's safe for me to come before my business and the work that I'm going to do. <laughs> yes. And in, I
2: feel this exact same way. I have this, I had the same thing, my business, my life, et cetera. And interestingly enough, recently, very recently, after having this kind of six months in limbo, when I asked myself, what's the most loving thing to do? Uh, what's the most loving thing I can do for myself today? It was do some work, work in your business. Because it had been so long and so I had lost that connection and that made me feel really good getting this one thing done I was like yes and then slowly you know you're building your confidence back up and so sometimes your self-care is working that's what it's been like for me lately but it's all about that balance right and so I'm really working on not forgetting about all the other self-care like the yoga and the thing but adding that element of work back into my life that has been making me feel great. And cause I think we can also be um, we can also burn out, not necessarily because we're doing a lot of stuff, but because we feel like we're not living up to our expectations. Right. And that's all this weight of the expectation that will get you to burn out. I think. And so, yeah, I just wanted to add that. For me, self-care right now is working.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree with that. Sometimes it's just like get one thing off your to-do list. Yes. Because tomorrow you've got one thing less to worry about. I mean, I've, yeah. I started writing to-do list ages ago because I would always write them and then look at them and be like, oh, my God, this is too overwhelming and not do anything. So now yeah. I just don't worry. Same. Yeah,
2: but I you know especially these things that you have in your mind you know you have to do and it's like this niggle constantly and it's eating at you little by little crossing it off your list that's self-care
0: yes.
2: you know or letting it go sometimes there's things you don't have to do and letting it go but if you know you have to do it just do it and I <laughs> I'm laughing because four weeks ago if you had said just do it I'd be like oh my god couldn't just do it. It's so hard. It's so hard. And that's why self-care sometimes is really fucking hard.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. Is as I said, it's been amazing having you here and chatting to you. Where can people find you if they want to learn more? Thank you so much for having me. People can find me
2: on my website, blue and I'm sure you'll spell it in your in your notes. There's the quiz at the top, and I mentioned that I'm a lot less on social media, so you can also connect with me on Instagram at Blue Memoir. But if you want to be in the loop, if you want to know more about me, about the teas, about my company, and just find out when things are being released early, when there's community-only discounts, which I do a lot, you need to get on my mailing list and into our online community, you can do that by going to blue slash join. And that's the best place to um, get into my world at the moment and it's free and you can leave at any time, but that's just where it's happening.
1: Perfect. I love that. And I love that you also made the decision to step away from social media more because that's exactly what I've done as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome.
2: And I will come back when, you know, I have someone to take care of it for me, but right now I feel like I'm best having these conversations and writing my nice emails to my lovely peeps you know
1: yeah yeah. absolutely thank you so much and we will see you in the next one thank you rebecca bye thanks for listening to the confidence show with me rebecca Hawkes. if you enjoyed this episode please take 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review on itunes this will help the podcast reach more people which means we can help more people increase their confidence and love themselves for who they are Don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode, and I will see you next time.
0: Hold up, what was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week.